welcome to Comer Light Conversations. This is Francis Harry. You know, we're all on this journey of faith, but what is that all about? Many people have a misconception of what this journey of faith actually entails. So I am so thrilled to present to you a homily by Deacon Mark Danis, who is a secular order discount Carmelite, how he's going to answer that question for us. He's actually going to explain to us what is beyond the purification and healing of our soul that is of immense value to our eternal destiny. What is it that will actually inspire us to grow and it'll make a big difference? So it's very important. I hope you enjoy this podcast with Deacon Mark Danis. I learned a valuable lesson this morning at Mass. I'm sure many of you were at Mass either this morning or last night. And you know then that the Gospel reading this weekend was fairly lengthy. And so when I arrived at the sacristy this morning, I asked Father, we have a rotation of fathers in our family, I suspect many of you do. I said, Father, do you want to go with the long form or the short form? And he thought about it for a moment and he said, you know, we're a We're a full gospel church. I think we'll go with the long form. I said, okay. And then there was an unfortunate incident, uh, unfortunate for the individual involved. Uh, Marika was there. Uh, Tim, one of our new members, was there. Uh, In the middle of reading the gospel, one of our servers literally fainted. Uh, And it was a rather uh, um, dangerous, I guess, situation. She fell back and into a chair and a table that was there and... Uh, people were running to her side, and um, the family got her. Her father picked her up and carried her out. They eventually put her in a wheelchair and got her out. Um, I've heard that she's fine, uh, so that's encouraging. But um, after Mass, I went over to Father, and of course, you know, we're all standing during the Gospel. I said, um, Father, I think perhaps I should have read the short form. It reminded me, actually, of a, an incident I'd heard with a priest and deacon where a priest was preaching his homily one Sunday and he looked down in the first pew and there was a gentleman there very much asleep, snoring, rather loud, and he was a bit frustrated. And after his homily, he walked over to the deacon and leaned over and he said, Deacon, did you see that man sleeping in the front row? And he said, yes, I did, Father. He said, I want you to go over there and wake him up. He said, Father, it was your homily that put him to sleep. You go wake him up. It's a lesson to keep your homilies brief, and I'll do that today. Though if any of you fall asleep, Mark's been instructed to go ahead and wake you up. Faith is not a zero-sum game. We must understand that the love we have is not something we generate ourselves. We merely dilate our souls so they might become receptive to the gift that God himself desires to give us. I'll explore that in a little more detail. There are really two main points I'd like to reflect on today. And I'll bring them out in the middle and again at the end in case you might have missed them. Some individuals have an unfortunate misconception about our journey of faith. It goes something like this. We are fallen creatures. We are born with original sin. We are subject throughout life to our personal sins. We are purified through baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Our response to this gift is to labor to accept the grace and mercy offered by God and to allow him to return us to our intended condition. After this, we may enter heaven. 
The problem with this concept is that it's not particularly inspiring. It is true that once we die and are cleansed of all the wounds of our sins, we will be granted eternal life. But our eternal destiny must be something more than just a return to start, a mere purification of our sins. There must be something more that will define us for all eternity. Even our purely worldly endeavors provide identifiable and desirable benefits for the sacrifice of our time and our energy. Activities such as physical fitness, learning to play a musical instrument, building a business, or raising a loving family all reward us with something more for our efforts. Who would find it desirable to make sacrifices and undertake significant labors in the spiritual journey only to return to the condition God originally intended for us, albeit without the consequences of our sin? Now, we should not be deceived about the seriousness of our current condition. There is a great wound in our fallen human nature that must be purified. It must be healed. Jesus himself told us this. He said, it is what comes out of a person that defiles. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. That's from Mark 7.20. Everybody knows the gospel I referenced earlier and so... The Lord raises the bar on every one of these items. Adultery, for example, is accomplished simply by looking lustfully at a person. Murder is accomplished by diminishing somebody's reputation. And we should not delude ourselves either about the serious consequences of our fallen condition. Any one of the items I've just listed are sufficient to bar a soul from entering the kingdom of God. Revelations 21, 27, nothing unclean will enter it. Every human soul must be made perfectly clean before it is allowed to gain entry through the gates of eternity. In that same sense, we will all be the same. No one will be marred by anything unclean. For the journey of faith is not merely about eliminating what prevents us from being in the presence of God. For there is something of immense value in what we will inherit in eternal life, and this warrants more than just the purification and the healing of our souls. From Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Getting ourselves cleaned up before entering eternity is only half the story. The rest is about how each of us have the opportunity to become someone during our earthly journey. It is about the degree to which we are transformed into Christ, and in this, we will not all be the same. Throughout our life, we are all given opportunities, countless opportunities, to participate in the work of ours and others' salvation. Through our individual participation in acts of charity, prayer, penance, attendance at religious services, and yes, patient acceptance of our trials and our suffering, all done in love, we not only help wipe away our sins, First Peter tells us, above all maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins, but we also continuously acquire an abundance of the one virtue that will define us for all eternity, First Corinthians, love 
never ends. But we must understand that this love is not something we generate ourselves. Our participation in these activities are rather our preparation. They are merely the means of dilating our souls so they might become receptive to the gift God himself desires to give us. This theme of dilation is one that I actually drew from uh, the pamphlet and the book that I mentioned a month ago, at least to uh, uh, those who were in the presentation I made. And it is a wonderful analogy this idea of dilating the soul to make it receptive. You're all familiar with the experience of having your eyes dilated. Uh, Drops are placed in your eyes a period of time uh, for the effect to uh, uh, take over, and then the uh, optometrist views the condition of your interior eye using a bright light from which you wince. And in fact, for some time after going out into the sun, we wince at having our eyes dilated. But two things happen. One, the seer, the optometrist, or we might in this case define him as God, sees deep into the interior of our being. And we are then asked to understand our true condition, what I mentioned earlier. And it is one that makes us wince and withdraw. The brightness of God, when reflected against the inevitable darkness of the current human condition, causes us to draw back. We call these dark night experiences, but they're inevitable and their consequences are profoundly beneficial. When we offer our entire selves and all of our life to the Lord, we thereby allow him to transform us into himself, into love itself. We contribute to our individual degree of glory in heaven. We have to understand though, that this love that our heart grows into, that our souls literally saturate themselves in, is not what we generate ourselves. It is not our participation in these activities that dilate it. But God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Our spiritual journey, my fellow Carmelites, is to prepare ourselves to dilate our hearts and souls and to receive. We focus less in this order and its charism on doing, on acting, not that we shouldn't perform acts of charity, and more on receiving what God so desires to give us if we would only prepare ourselves. As regards this transformation, this continual drawing into glory from 2 Corinthians, All of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. If we focus on the exercise of love, we need not worry about removing the stains of sin we've accumulated in life. But more than that, we must desire and seek to be totally transformed into love, a condition where, like Christ, every thought Every word, every action, simply becomes an expression of love. Faith is not a zero-sum game. We're not trying to get back to a balanced condition. Our eternal destiny is not a mathematical formula where only the only objective is to reach status quo. Our faith journey, our eternal destiny, 
will be filled with poetry, with music, with light, with color. In heaven there will be a spectacular array of beauty in the tapestry crafted by the master artist. We should ask ourselves, which strokes of the artist's brush will we allow ourselves to become?